Welcome to Come to the Cookout, where you are all invited to join us. There's a little something for everyone, whether you want to take a big bite out of what's cooking on the grill, or just a little parch and need some tea, or just want a little something sweet. Don't worry, we keep raisins out of our potato salad. And hopefully, you'll leave with a plate full, even if you ain't bring nothing. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Come to the Cookout. On this week's episode, I'm your host, Tzombin Cleave, but y'all can call me T. And I'm joined by Brooklyn. You ready? Because I'm ready. Let's go get it. Welcome to this week's episode of Come to the Cookout. What has been going on? I. How has your week been? Because I am exhausted. I feel like we said that last week, so... Hopefully you get another uh, feeling at some point, but I am in the same boat. I am exhausted myself today. It has been one of those, like, it's only the 10th, but it feels like it's the 31st. I know. I um, came home because I, I, we record this after I get home from work, um, mm-hmm. and it's on the day that I have to actually go into the office. I generally work from home um, for most of the week, but the the one day that we have to record is the day that I have, have to actually go into the city to the office. And I I said, you know what? I'm gonna come home. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cook dinner. I'm gonna just grab something on the way home, so, so I'll be ready. So I grab something to eat. And then I was like, let, I'm going to just sit down for a second. No, don't do just, it. Don't let do me just it. rest my feet. Don't do it. And then 45 minutes later, I'm like, oh, we have to record tonight. We got to, we have a podcast to do. So yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be awake. I'm a little tired, but you know, it's going to get Do you know what I think we should do? Like once a week, once a month, I feel like we should get you a cocktail. And you should tell us about your cocktail. Because I feel like if you had a few drinks in you, you get a little bit more lively. You know what I mean? And that could be fun. <laughs> that could be real fun. I mean, I can have a cocktail every night because I can go get a shot of whiskey right now. But I do have a, like a slight headache. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to save that for next week. All right. You do that. What's on the grill? I feel like every week I start a little heavy, but... It's in the news still because the situation in Ukraine is not getting better. I just, I, I really just don't know what to say. It's, it's kind of surreal to be at this point of my, at my life. I am in my forties, and to see that this is like the beginning of what could potentially be like a worldwide disaster. I never thought that I'd live. One, I never thought that I'd live through a pandemic a global pandemic. I never thought mm. that I'd live to see a overtly racist president of the free world oh, of yeah. the US. Like it's one thing when, you know, uh the presidents were slave owners, of course. Or like Nixon was racist, but like he was at least political. He like tried to to hide it behind his politics. Your 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 best friend, he did not try at all. What I've been seeing all over my timeline is if he was president, uh, Ukraine and Russia wouldn't be going through this right now. And I'm like, um, actually, that's false because anything Putin wanted, baby daddy was like, here you go, no questions. Well, I just I. I we, we mentioned it last week, but I actually looked into some numbers about the Ukrainian refugees versus 
any person of color. In 2021, the U.S. expels 4,000 Haitian refugees in nine days as part of their deportation blip. And we know that Haiti suffered from a horrific earthquake, but the U.S. felt the need to get rid of those refugees. In 2022, there are 36,000 Afghan evacuees that lack the pathway to permanent legal status in the U.S. And we know that Afghans have suffered horrific wars that have decimated their country over the, the past decades. 2019, the U.S. government removed, moved to expel 57,000 Hondurans by 2020 as Trump moved to end protection from people who fled Honduras in 1989 amongst massive civil and political unrest and a perpetual state of war, some of it was backed by the U.S. However, in this year of 2022, tens mm-hmm. of thousands of Ukrainians can stay in the U.S. without fear of deportation. I'm saying how many? Tens of thousands. What is the difference? Hmm. Interesting. The only difference that I can see is that they have no pigment, no melanin. It's just, it's so frustrating. Like we, the U.S., don't take care of the people that we have here. There's a homeless issue. There is a literacy issue. We don't take care of our veterans when they come back from war. But we open the doors for anyone as it as it should be. I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have ref, uh, They shouldn't be able to come to this country for safety. They there is a horrific situation happening in their country. I'm just saying I don't understand why that isn't extended to all of the refugees that are seeking sanctuary. This country, the country of the the free and home of the brave, was built on colonialism, and so. They are not going to, even when they got here, we're going to talk about Columbus. He got here and their first, their first thought was like, oh, let me take over this land and get rid of these quote unquote savages. Who were the savages? The Native Americans, people who were brown, didn't look like them. And they pushed them southern, 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 southern until they were out, right? Or whatever the case may be, slaughtered. Here's happy Thanksgiving. So for you to expect this country to then turn around and say, hi, I love you. Come to me. Welcome home. That unfortunately is not going to happen if your pigment is darker than peach. Racism. It's, it's just, I, and, and it's just not going to, there's nothing we can do. I think we talked about a little bit of it last week. It was just how the media covers what's going on, right? Like this is not a third world country. These are Europeans, all of this BS. It's not going to change, unfortunately. We can do all that we can to to put a spotlight on it. But until we can figure out how to get more people of color into the Senate, into the House of Representatives, hell, into the White House, that's how we're going to affect change. So when we're talking about... Because, I mean, you can go back to the 90s of the first Bush talking about immigration reform. That was one of the big standouts at the State of the Union last week of we're really going to focus on comprehensive. What, do you, what does that mean? When are you going to do it? Because you can only speak to it when it's election time to get the Latin vote or get like a, a specific minority vote that you're trying to court. 
other than that, you don't. It's lip service. It sounds like you're saying that politicians only say what needs what they need to say to get elected, and then they just collect a check, right? Because no one holds them accountable. I think that's the problem. If we held bitches accountable and said vote bitches out, you would get you would have change. Can we do term limits already? Because the problem with this country is that we have so many elected officials that have no term limits that have been in office since the seventies. So, like, your racist ideals are still permeating the laws that are made today. Can we get some fresh blood in there? But that's, I mean, I wish, I wish we could. I wish we could. But it goes back to who's in power. You're asking, this is a prime example of what's wrong with the United States right now. You have Mitch McConnell, who is in the minority, ruling the majority. Think of all the things that he has pushed, even in even in 2022 slash 2021 last year, where he doesn't have a majority vote, but he knows you have bitches like Miss Mansion, Cinema, and Cinema, right? Both of these heifers who are are Democrat when it's convenient, but I have all the power, so bow to me, and that's where you're going to be at. So I I don't think. Any of the things that you're requesting will change anytime soon, no matter what we do, until you get new blood, like a AOC. But she's, you know, the squad, that's five members out of, you know, how many are in the House, how many are in the Senate. You have to switch it up and really fucking change it up. Oh, my God. Well, then just give me more Marvel movies then, because I need something to look forward to. It's just so sad that everything comes back to racism. And speaking of racism, I just, I get frustrated. Right. Okay. Um, because I live my life as a black man, right? And mm-hmm. that's not why I'm frustrated, because I love being black. I get frustrated when people confuse racism versus prejudice because okay. I am not racist. I am, however, prejudiced at times. And so when I see people arguing online and on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, and they're like, that's racist, that's racist to like people of color, racial minorities, it's like, do you even understand what racism is? Like, as a person of color, you don't have the social power to enact racism on a systemic level. So yes, I can take, a, I can generalize, which you shouldn't, but you can generalize a group of people depending on your experience of those people and be prejudiced against those people. But me being prejudiced against them is not impacting the social or systemic level that impacts their life. And it's just frustrating to see. Like, your rebuttal to me, because I'm making an argument that you don't like, shouldn't be like, that's racist, because I'm saying it to you as a white person. Prejudice. Could you give me the definition of prejudice, just so our listeners could have an educational moment? I want to make sure we are... Being clear with words have meanings and words have weight. So I want to be clear. Prejudice versus racism. Prejudice is the preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. Mm, that's, That's deep. That hit me. So I could technically, for example, maybe, be prejudiced against something that's not associated with race. Would that be a correct statement? Correct. So I'm just trying to educate people out there when we're discussing racism, 
I don't know if you have that definition handy. Racism is a noun. Oh. Prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on a belief that one's own race is superior. Oh, get it again. So, oh, that's a tough one. So that means in that definition for the white people listening, a black person could be racist against a white person? No. A black person could be prejudiced against a white person. That was a trick question. I'm glad you, you caught that. So I think that's the key to kind of keep in mind is like power is a part of this, right? Um, um, I don't want to say socioeconomic, but like there's so much more to it than just looking at someone and saying, I don't like you to be prejudiced from a white person to a black person. Would that be a correct statement? I Correct. I saw a girl on TikTok and she, mm-hmm. she was like, she's like, I don't like white people. Now, when I say that, I need to d- d- distinguish that there are people, there are white people and there are mm-hmm. people that happen to be white. Because white people think they're better than everyone. And are the ones that are racist in the in the, the Karens and they're, they're calling uh, the cops on black people for existing. Mm-hmm. People that happen to be white are the ones that are al- actual allies and doing the work to understand their white privilege and working to um, a communal goal of social equality. I fucks with people who happen to be white. I don't fuck with white people. Mm. That's that's kind of deep when you think about it, right? Because I do think privilege plays such a um, important role into what what it means to be an ally, for example. What it means to be a, a predatory. I think there's so many things that go into it that we don't really think about because as a black person, I can't be superior to the white race when the system is not built towards giving me a leg up on anyone. It's like we talked about last last week with the SCOTUS pick, right? Ms. Brown, Jackson Brown. They're assuming she's an affirmative action pick. That's how Tucker Carlson was putting it, right? Like when I, as I kept steaming over it two days later, I was still angry. And so it's, I need people to understand, I think maybe if I'm not speaking for you, but we want people to understand there's nuances to it, number one. And number two, I cannot just like white people. That'll make me racist. Because nothing I'm well, going mean, to do is going to take away your power or your privilege. I mean, let's even break it down further, right? I am black. You're Please. black. You are also mm-hmm. Latino. Um, mm-hmm. I am black. I'm a black American because my heritage was stripped from me. Oh, say it again. Black Americans don't necessarily know where they came from. Like you can't, people that are, that are born in Africa or people that were, were born in uh, Haiti or Mm -hmm. any other uh, country like that who have dark skin can identify as black, but generally they're, they say I'm Haitian or I am a, Senegalese. I am from South uh, South Africa. I am from right. the Congo. Because they know where they came from. Black Americans yep. 
identify as black people because we don't know where we came from. Our heritage was stripped from us because of slavery. Weren't you doing like your own ancestry and you could only go back so far, correct? There's a there's actually a, a thing called the the 1876 line because and most black Americans um, unless you can like identify where like the plantation that you were from and the, the records that the slave owners kept, you can only go back to a certain point because of slavery. Because you, at a, after a certain point, you were considered property. But think about it, there are these records are in someone's home right now that that kept like kept the records of their slaves. So so people's heritage is just collecting dust because people don't like donate those to musician museums so that that information can be recovered. Um, But even just going back to like the I'm black versus being white, right? If you think about it, white colonizers dehumanized white people in order to perpetuate an us versus them mentality. Exactly. So that, so that they would equate like poor whites and ingratiate them into the society that they created so that they didn't align themselves with the slaves. Yep. Because if, if they if you grasp on, if you have nothing and that person has nothing, but you grasp on to the fact that I'm a little bit better because of the shade of my skin, then you, in, you ingratiate them into this false security, which is why... I don't understand how like poor white people vote Republican because Republicans don't have your best interest in in to heart. Like they don't do anything that helps you. Yeah, but I mean, I think it, it goes back to the systems that we're talking about, right? Like poor whites, not to be funny, in case you weren't aware, were the first people that were in charge of quote unquote policing the slaves. So when you talk about racism in the police department. And you go to the root, not the root, the root, the root. That's where you're going to go. You're going to go back to when slaves ran rampant and guess who they chose? The poor whites to again to say, hey, I, you are better than that slave, even though your economics are the same. Y'all are both maybe eating chitlins or eating off the land and barely having enough money for things. Go. I will pay you. X amount of dollars or whatever the, the coin was at the time to go round them up and bring them back to me. And that's how policing that's started. A, so do your history. Do your history. That would mean that people would read a book. Yeah. And, so, and books are being banned yeah. at such a rate. That, and that would mean would have to learn <laughs> all of history and not just colonial mm. history. Like the books that are taught in school were written by white mm. men. Like not even just like white people, white men. So, like, I saw a quote. It's not going to be a direct quote. But you know how, like, we talk about the women's movement and women's suffrage and, and you know, the women's right to vote. And we talk about how Susan B. Anthony was such a great person because, like, she made sure that, you know, women got the right to vote. That was what she was focused on. She also basically said, I'm, I am paraphrasing here, but she said that I will not forward the right to the, for the Negro before the women. And so my thought process is, okay, I kind of can get where she's coming from because the, I, I understand the mentality, but at the same point, the mindset. Yeah. you don't, when you say things like that, you are forgetting intersectionality because there are black women. I was just having this conversation with someone because at my job, we have these uh, employee relationship groups and obviously uh, International Women's Day had just passed on and 
someone was asking like, how do I get more people to come to this, this event? And we have the black group, we have the Asian group, we have the gay group, we have the women group. And I'm like, because y'all are so siloed and y'all don't do things together, y'all don't understand that you could technically be a black Asian gay woman. Look at that. You just hit four groups right there. I said, so until you start trying to like, I was like, why don't y'all do things together? Like obviously Women's Day, like all the women, they had a woman from each section. I was like, but y'all should do that more often. So next month is the Asian month, whatever the Asian culture, you know, event of the month is, y'all should have someone that's black and Asian, someone that's gay and just to showcase like you, your struggle is my struggle and can be my other person's struggle too. And that is the way that you get that camaraderie in unison because I, I don't get mad at white people who don't have black people in their circle or in their neighbor, in their, in their life, because I can't be mad at them if they never get outside their boundaries. I'm from New York city, right? I know people who live in the Bronx who haven't, who have never been downtown to Broadway, like not like to go see a play. I'm talking about just to go to 42nd street, let alone a statue of Liberty. So I don't expect them to understand like there's a whole other world out there that you could be exposed to. Now, mind you, once you're exposed to it, I am hoping that you again, take the time to listen, read, educate yourself to maybe, you know, cleanse any biases you may have. Well, that's the thing. You, you have to be, you have to be open to hearing yep. someone else's story of course. without being defensive. Because just because someone is telling you, I got called the N-word or I was racially profiled or this has happened to me um, at the hands of white people. They're not telling, they're not talking about you specifically. They're not saying that they, that they are mad at you because of your, the color of your skin. They're experiencing, they're relaying their experience in life that has happened to them at, at the hands of a group of people. And, People take everything; they take everything so yep. personally and yeah. redirect the focus. That's and where that's we are problem. now. Yeah, like when we get so lost in like the and focusing on like one movement or one issue, and then forget completely forget about intersectionality. Like when we were protesting over the summer for Black Lives Matter, you know, I was there and I was in the heat of it. But at the same time, I'm like looking over my shoulder because there is rampant homophobia yeah. within the black community. Right. And I am a black gay man. And then with that being said, there is racism within the gay community. So like I am a black gay man. Uh, so I can't I can't not and, be one or the other because I'm both. And not even, it's not a choice. Can't, not can't turn either go, one of them and, off. And going a step further, again, not knowing if you've dealt with this yourself, but then you also have to think about even if you can find, let's say, a black gay man in the group, then you have to deal with colorism, right? Because there's, you know, there's so right. many fucking there's layers, layers upon layer upon layer that this onion will never get peeled back to the core. Because there's so many people trying to say, oh, got to stop peeling because, oh, I, I can't understand that gay shit. Oh, nope, I'm so sorry. I can't understand that dark skin. No, no. Oh, oh, you have lot. You have locks. Oh, I can't understand that. You must be Rastafarian. You must be a weed. Oh my God. Do you know how many times a week I get asked if I have weed or do if I smoke like, weed just because no, of that? No, like, locks? so I think that's the, the issue to your to your over 
overarching theme to t- bring it back to the beginning is like there's so much intersectionality beyond races, sexes across countries. And what's frustrating to both of us is that we cannot understand refugee does not mean brown. Because anybody can be right. a refugee. Can be and a refugee. let's treat refugees because if now I got it on tape, y'all can treat refugees from Europeans countries, but I'm just making fun of how y'all said it, and not quote unquote third world countries with respect and dignity. So I expect the same bullshit and the same respect levels given to Haiti, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, all of the people that come from South America, anyone that comes from a black country, anyone that comes from any other country. I don't care. Keep the same energy. 100%. So I saw this story and I don't want to say that it's a bright spot in war, but it 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 made me just go, hmm. So apparently there is this um, Ukrainian sailor. He works for, or he was a sailor. He, he He's no longer in the military. He has a private job and he works for a Russian um, uh, billionaire. And he found out that his boss was basically funding the uh the war and like providing the arms that were being used to destroy his home his homeland right so he takes it upon himself to walk his happy ass down to the his his boss's yacht and sink that bitch now you ain't got no yacht your ex First lady, Miss Melania. I I try to avoid these bitches as much as I can, mm-hmm. but every week these bitches be doing something. I was like, didn't y'all leave the White House? Y'all was doing that while you was They just pop up out of nowhere. I don't know if you heard about this, but she claims that so many people have donated money to her fake charity events that she advertised last month that she's being forced to postpone the fundraiser by nine months. Now, bitch, are you pregnant? What you mean? You got to wait nine months to put on a to put on the fundraiser that you've been raising money for. So here's a quick backstory. So the ex Flotus announced that she was going to be hosting a high tea benefit in Naples, Florida, because you know that's where they live in the red state now, uh, in April for fostering the future, a be best initiative. Remember that was her whole thing about be best when she was back in office, but she wouldn't look over on the other side of her pillow and tell her man. Mm-hmm. Get off the goddamn internet and be best and stop going after people. But we're not we're not going to talk about that today. They don't sleep in the same room. <laughs> they probably don't. That is so. When you say that, that is so the truth. Now, the be best initiative uh, for fostering the future was going to award a computer science scholarship to children aging out of the foster care system. Now, tickets ranged from around three thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars. Though Melania didn't specify exactly how much of the money would go to charity, it figures. So shortly after the announcement, the New York Times uncovered that neither Fostering the Future or Be Best were registered charities in the state of Florida. And according to the state law, organizations cannot solicit donations without being registered. I mean, I feel like that's just a, I don't want to say common sense, but the sense is kind of common. So basic business. So, you know, your girl, she got on there. She was very upset, very pointed tone. She was accusing reporters of trying to cancel her and destroy the hopes and dreams of children. No, bitch. You know what destroyed the hopes and dreams? Your Christmas affair. 
when you redid the goddamn Rose Garden and it looked like we was going into a zombie apocalypse. That's what was scaring everybody and taking away their hopes and dreams. I mean, I feel that you destroyed the hopes and dreams of children when you tried to raise money for a benefit that in a state that you're not registered at. So that seems like a administrative loophole that you yourself fell short on. And I just don't understand it because your husband is supposed to be the, the best at business. So what it doesn't it doesn't sound like you're being the best that of your you that there that could be. Because uh you're supposed to do that before you announce the benefit. You're supposed to make sure that you are all set. Like if I want, I am trying to start a, a small business myself. Mm-hmm. And I already know that there are certain permits and certain uh, expenses that come with starting the business. So until I until I cross those off the list. No, I'm going to have to stop you right there. Tazam. You are thinking of you um, starting your own business from the ground up and pulling yourself up from the bootstraps. We are talking about the the Trump way, which is um, not paying your contractors, borrowing money, all that you can from any bank that'll give it to you, lying on your tax returns, lying on financial disclosures. So I don't think you're doing it the correct way, because if you want to be successful, I think you're supposed to be doing it the way that 45 mm. did it. So I think that you should uh, rip up what mm. you're doing and try again. Well, I guess I guess you're not going to be invited to the high tea with Melania. Let's go ahead and get us some of our own tea that we didn't bought and paid for ourselves. I keep crying. No tears, just tea. Well, I'm. I guess I'm going to just be the the Tinder spokesperson. I don't know why. I don't know how. But every time I turn around, Tinder is in my inbox telling me about a story that's going wrong. So I already told you how they was overcharging mm-hmm. bitches last week. Now, everybody's in a craze about the Tinder swindlers. But I want to tell you, the next time that you want to swipe right... Now, just to confirm, swiping right is when you want them, right? Because yes. I don't really do this thing. So is that That's correct. You? Okay, great. The next time you want to swipe right, Tazan, Tinder is going to offer you a low call. Look at this. They're they going to get their money one way or another. I don't, I don't like this at all. Yes, you do. See, you're going to love this. Because the Tinder swindler is... I think they're smart. It, whoever's in the PR marketing is being smart right now. They're going to offer you a low-cost background check for a potential date. I just want to say, I'm from the old school. If you want to do a search, do you know what you could do? Googles. Googles, girl, tells you everything. You just go to the Googles, type in the person's name, put in a few deets, and guess what? You're going to get their Facebook. You're going to get their MySpace if they had one, depending on the age. I don't I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I had a, a good girlfriend in college. All she needed was... She didn't even need his name. She just needed, like... His height and what race he was, and she would find all the details and find his dating history. So, no, no, I'm not paying Tinder for a background check. Why don't why don't you? Why isn't it included in the the eight hundred dollars that you got? You got me paying for the service to begin with, <laughs> depending on how old you are. Well, they just want to find a new way to make money. You know, everybody has their way. I mean, now I will say, according to this. Uh, you, you, or, and me, again, the Google generation, we know how to Googles. That's a verb, right? But what about millennials? Do you think that instant gratification that we always talk about, right? Number one. Number two, the convenience factor of it, maybe doing it all in the app. Would you be more inclined to do it all in one versus getting out of the app, 
So stopping your swiping sensation of that instant, oh, he's fine, she's fine. Backgroundchecks.org will do it for free. And the, the second article that comes up is 15 free background check sites to do a background check. So no, I'm not paying Tinder more money on top of the money they're charging me, depending on my age bracket. Wait. Is it two ninety nine? Yes, correct. Per per search. That check? is correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Think a little younger, like a millennial. Do you um, think it? Because obviously somebody's paying for this. Somebody is. I don't know. I mean, I, I they wouldn't have the service. I guess, but that's ugh, that's just it's such a waste. It's such so much money. Like it does none of this works. All these dating sites are like we we are made so you can delete us. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not actually. No, you're you're not. not actually trying to. No. If if these dating apps were actually trying to match you with people that you would feasibly date and enjoy, then when you set your preferences, like I set my preferences because I'm a gay man to be male and a certain age range, and I still have women popping up in my in my feed. Why is that the, why is that the case? Because you know what, Tazam, they know what you're thinking before you think it. So they know right now you want some puss. And so they just gonna get you you might be tempted. That is you might be tempted. That is not the case. You know how well. sometimes you like I gave I gave up uh, chocolate for Lent, and you'd be like, oh, but I want a, a Crunch Bar or a Kit Kat. Nope. I am a Silver Star gay. I have never been near a vagina since I came uh-huh. out. So you better go get, dive in one, get you some. You never know. No, thank you. No, thank you. And if I had it my way, I'd be a Gold Star gay, and I would have been a C-section and not even been near there. Oh, Lord. Is it- <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting. We'll see what the hell happens. Going back to social media, because I feel like Tinder, TikTok, they all kind of live in that same realm of like, they take up all your time. Like I see people at the coffee shop ordering their Starbucks, whatever, swiping, swiping, swiping. And I'm like, oh, child, Jesus Christ. Like, and I don't understand, personally for me, on a side note, I'm going to take us on a side quest real quick. I don't understand how you just swipe in so uh-huh. fast. Right, 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 right. Are you just saying you want to match with everybody? Because then I'm like, what's the purpose of that, I guess, is my question. Because you ain't read the age. You ain't read nothing, unless you're that. Well, because those people are just looking to hook up. But don't they have hookup apps for that? They do. But Tinder has basically become a hookup app ah, as well. I see. Like, you are, you're, you are just swiping because they are attracted. With no substance. No, no substance at all. Back to TikTok. So TikTok, I wanted to share this because I think... It's 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 kind of on the border of serious, or it is serious, but I want to bring this up because I think it brings me back to kind of pop culture and culture in general. Um, but another day, there's another TikTok-related tragedy. So there's a 15-year-old young lady uh, in uh, Mexico. Uh, she accidentally shot and killed herself with the submachine gun while filming a TikTok video with her brother. So... I want to be clear. The reason why I bring this up is we, a lot of people, at least in America, I know, especially in the South, they love guns, things of that nature. And they will sometimes have guns under a bed, in a closet, uh, top shelf, whatever the case, but accessible to children. And so now children, obviously, to try to go viral and try to be, I don't want to say viral famous, if that's a word, but like that two minutes of fame, because obviously people get over shit really quickly. Um, The teenager, her name is Yasmin Esmeralda. She fired a nine millimeter Uzi. Now, mind you, this is Mexico. So first of all, that's when I heard Uzi. I was like, what? Excuse the fuck out of me. But 
cartel, cool, whatever. I, again, I watch Narcos. You ain't got to tell me, right? And she discovered it in the bottom of a bedroom closet during a family stay with her grandmother last month in a small town in Sonola. She was immediately killed by the shot and the sound of the gunfire awakened her mother. Uh, and although it was not clear where she was struck by the round of the why the weapon was in the home, it's apparent that Esmeralda had asked her younger brother to film the video while holding holding the gun with the intent of uploading the footage to TikTok. So I just want to kind of use this as a public service announcement of like, hide your guns, lock them up. First of all, you don't need guns. Uh, first of all, I hope none, nobody in America has an Uzi or an AK-47 is our gun of choice here in America. Um, and just kind of just keep that in mind. And obviously watch your children, especially as we, you know, summertime is around the corner, spring break is around the corner. You may have to work and leave your child at an aunt, uncles who, you know, you know, Uncle Terry, don't be paying attention to what he's supposed to be doing and just going to let the kids run wild. So just just be mindful of that as you kind of just, you know, drop people off at your family. Raisins in the potato salad. You don't see that every day. Something that has irked me this week because that story is horrific. And it's, I feel, I feel sad for the parents and for the siblings. Mm -hmm. But I've just noticed that clout is a drug. People will do anything now just to go viral. And it's, it baffles me. Like I... I know I, I know that we are we are currently recording a podcast and eventually some of these uh, we will be on camera but like I've never been the kind of person that has wanted to be in the forefront like on camera I've never wanted to be in the spotlight really um, but there are people and I I'm like I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of watching them because I I am on TikTok I'm on social media Same. I I partake of the the videos but I just have noticed people will do anything at the detriment of their own safety or other people's safety just to go viral people make like people will make a video that isn't good and then upload it just because they know that then they'll oh they'll get roasted because it's cut because it's bad like all media isn't good media all i know they say that there's no bad publicity but just because it's not just because it's not bad in the in the sense that you gain publicity doesn't mean that it's not bad for you. Yeah, but I think it's it's a tough one, right? Like, I, I hate saying that we're the old man podcast, but I feel like that at times because we are so, I don't want to say out of touch, but out of the loop, right? Because I think, what's her name? Carly D'Amelio? Is that, did I say her name right? Yeah. Looking at her, she was someone who was popular on TikTok from not to be funny. Let me actually take it back. Fuck her. Kim Kardashian. What is she famous for? Living her life. She was an assistant to Paris Hilton, the billionaire heiress. And now she probably has more money than Paris, right? And she she did nothing but become a viral sensation. Obviously, she did something that I went is a little bit more explicit, not for our viewers under the age of 18, right? But she was able to parlay that into a TV show where all we did was follow this heifer around doing nothing. Another example, pre-TikTok, because I think all of this is a stem, stems from social media as a whole, because going back to Instagram, people are wanting the likes, right? When Instagram first came out, it was just about pictures. Post the sky, post the post your dog, post some uh, everybody in their fucking food shit, right? 
But then that became clout to your point of like, oh, that bitch had avocado toast. Oh, I, I've never. That's bougie. Bitch, you can do that in your home. You don't need to go to a restaurant and pay $17. Because with $17, you know what I could do? I could buy you a bag of avocados, bitch. And I can make you a guacamole, a salsa. And grow you an avocado tree. I could do so much with $17 that you just pay for one. And you only got one slice of bread? Bitch, I, get out of here, right? Versus going back even further, you had jackass, if you remember jackass. Wasn't that fool jumping off buildings, stapling his balls, yes. doing things to quote unquote, I don't know if viral was a term back then, but there has always been the court jester that will go out there and, and defile themselves and make fun of themselves for the butt of the joke and be the butt of the joke. But I don't think we've ever been in an era where being the butt of the joke can, can set your, your family up for life. Going back to Charlie D'Amelio. She was doing dances. Bitch, I, I don't, she ain't got no dance degree that I'm aware of. I don't even know she went to college. Mm-mm. No, she, she, wasn't even, she wasn't even doing well. So the, the, she was off on the She was on the one and the three. Okay. And she was able to parlay that into sponsorship deals. She has a Hulu TV show. Right? And those are all things that can, I don't want to say get rich quick because obviously it takes time, effort, focus, things of that nature. But imagine being a basketball player today. For us people coming out of the hood, you have to shoot jump shots all, like get up at five in the morning from five to eight before you go to school, after school practice, do some more shit. Now you could be famous in two days. This isn't about fame, but I just wanted to mention this since you brought up the NBA. Have you heard how much they, uh, the people that mop the floor get paid? How much? Between 60 and $90,000. Oh, bitch, I mop a floor in a heartbeat. Where the mop at? Where, where the bucket? How do I get that job? Where did Cardi B say? Get a bucket and a mop. That's a wet ass. Wet ass floor. I wet every single floor I can. Yes, Lord. And you only got 82 games a year. There's only 82 games a year, not to mention not all of them are at home. <laughs> right. So. so maybe half of them are at home. So that's so that's 41 games. Oh, bitch. Uh-uh. 41. Do the math. 41 into 90. Bitch, I'm rich. Bitch. You lying. Stop lying to you. Going back to like what I was saying, like being a basketball player, right? That was the way to get out of the hood. Now you can do it in two days, three days. And if you're smart, capitalize on it and keep going and going and going and going. Clout is a, a high that you are just trying to continue to get in your grasp so you can take it and run with it. And hopefully, if you do it right, help yourself and help your family. Well, that is that is something. That is something else. Well, I have a question. There is an art from the 90s who I know that you love because and I love. I love. Yes. Um named Lauren Hill. Nothing even matters at all. Lauren V Hill? Yes, ma'am. Yes, from the Fugees. Yeah. And she did her own shit. Yes. What yes. About? Actress extraordinaire. So, Phyllis uh, with the light of me. I've seen lately that people have been getting tattoos, of which <laughs> Who so did that? I know that you have one, um, and I've seen it. It's just, it's the cover of her album, and yes. it's like all the shading, and it looks great. Yes, but yes. people have been doing that without the coloration, so it basically looks like Excuse she me? is white when you do it against white skin. And so my question to you, do you think that that is disrespectful? That's a tough one. For me, I paid homage to the miseducation of of Lauryn Hill because that album to me was obviously a classic. We don't have to discuss that. And if you disagree, you could just die, hop off a cliff. Don't come (laughs) tell me. Tell your mama. Don't tell me. Number two, 
I, I that the the homage I was also playing was because that's the album cover. So I can't imagine. I'm trying to think. I would have to see one because I'm I, I'm torn. Like I'm 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 in shock. First of all, of white people getting a Lauren Hill tattoo when Lauren Hill stood for everything that was black excellence. Like everything she rapped about and sang about was about the black experience and how to push your way out. If you were, you know, every child, every city, every ghetto, every hood, like, do I need to go through lyrics? Like I could, I, I don't want to be a little girl, skinny legs, a press and curl. My mother always thought I'd be a star. Like do what? Like, I guess my, my, que- I guess that's my question. It, when you say a white person, is this a white skin, black person? No. Like fr- someone from I'm maybe not, Louisiana? I'm not talking about any pigment at all. And I'm and I'm saying that the the tattoo is not. It's like I guess yeah, it would be like the outline of the ta- of the art from the covers. So it takes away the pigment that is inferred by the shadow. Oh yeah, that's a t- okay. Now I see what you're saying because I just had to do a quick little. I said let me let me do a quick search, Lauren Hill because I remember seeing this video of this white guy on TikTok who's a queer. Uh, so I want to be respectful of that. But I think that he encapsulates what happens in the queer community, right? A lot of white gay men emulate black women to a T. They emulate black women as their persona. Exactly. And it's like, but you don't understand the plight. And going back to our previous conversation, you have a privilege that will never put you in an area where you have to fight for your life in everything that she does against the the, the massa, against her own man. Like, I believe Malcolm X said it best. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. The most disrespected person ever, right? So it's like... Well, they want their rhythm without the blues. mm, I'm sitting here just looking at him. And he's, he's... First of all, he's singing like singing like this is everything. Oh, child, bless his heart, bless his heart. Um, I mean, it it is everything. No, 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 no. The way he's doing it is not uh, everything. It's lost. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's like I said, he wants the rhythm without the blues. It's lost on him because like everyone can enjoy the music, but you're not listening to the message. You're just vibing to the beat on the ones and the threes. I'm torn. I don't think this is appropriate at all yeah i i don't under, i don't i don't understand because to your point even when i've seen the like the the album cover on like wood it makes sense because the wood is like brown or or i'm gonna say khaki or whatever shade that you want to choose i can't imagine that being on a white anything and i'm not trying to be like shady or anything it's just that's what she she is black excellence. Why would you? Yeah, I will. I would want to interview this fool. I need to understand. There has to be. I'm gonna say there has to be something. There has to be more to this story. I'm gonna find this person. I'm gonna have to DM them and ask because it it, it this remind not to be shady and to bring it to my other queen, but this reminds me of the SNL skit of the day that white people found out Beyonce was black. Yeah. And it was, it has everyone like in the office because this is crazy. Like I'm torn as well. I feel like I understand you wanting to celebrate an artist that you enjoy. Great. I do feel like if you were trying to 
get the tattoo to pay respect to the the artist and the music then you should have just done something where like you know how a lot of times the people will get um like they'll get like a heart or whatever and then if they're like gay they'll get like a just like it looks like a smudge of the rainbow behind it so that it's laying over something then why didn't you get the album cover like the the gold of the album cover underneath the tattoo so that it 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 is the album cover. well you know let me tell you what's irking me this week what and what raisins i found in my potato salad tell me both of my little topics are going to be on these people called Kardashians. I don't know why they're in our news today, but... We can't get them out of our heads, out of our mouths. What is going on? I'm going to start with Caitlyn Jenner. Respectful of what she chooses to go by. But what I'm not going to be respectful of is her stance on the world. Oh, I mean, she's a horrible person. In case you weren't aware, there is a transgender college swimmer by the name of Leah Thomas. And she has... Uh, as you know, conservative right-wing media. She has been the lightning rod because she recently joined the University of Pennsylvania's um, swimming team last year. And everyone seems to have an opinion about it. Obviously, here is Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, She was recently asked by the Daily Mail what she thought about a 22-year-old swimmer being featured on the latest issue of Sports Illustrated. And surprise, surprise, she was appalled by it. She said, the world's gone mad. It was never meant to be like this. I'm going to pause right there for what it was never. We were never supposed to have inclusivity. We were never supposed to be open our arms to all types of different people. But I'm going to continue. She said, I don't think biological boys should compete in women's sports. We have to protect women's sports. That's the bottom line. Jenner is (laughs) very consistent, like I said, on this issue. Now, just so you remember, she Uh was an Mm ill-fated gubernatorial run last year here in my state of California. Uh, And her her two biggest campaign platforms were advocating for the homeless so they could be shipped off to big open fields where they can't destroy things. Just saying that that was her platform. Uh, She said it nicer than that, but she was like, and we're going to push them off to... Don't get me started. And her second one was opposing trans athletes. So she, if anything, she's on brand. Now... What frustrates me is she said, uh, she noted that while Thomas might technically be following the rules, she believes the rules have to change since they give certain athletes an unfair advantage over others. Oh, I will say that that is true, but not in the way that she she thinks, Um, because it it does give some athletes an unfair advantage. Um, And I would like to point directly towards any athlete that is competing against Simone Biles, because she is the peak of her of mm-hmm. her chosen field to the point where th- she gets scored lower because it's not fair to the other athletes who aren't as good as she that's, is. Yeah, that's a good that's a valid point. Mm-hmm. And she is a biological woman who who has trained her entire life to be the best in her field to the point where she has multiple gen- gymnastic stunts that are named after her because she's the only one that can do I mean, that. that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I, she should she should not go to the Olympics and then be scored lower because the other competitors can't do the stunts that she's able to do. Like that's she's the best in the world. That is the the, the point. And if you're saying that the, this athlete who mm-hmm. is a female is a trans woman is now competing with other women by uh, cis women. 
um, and they're not as good, then I think you need to up your game. Because what is the difference in um, it being just a, okay, biologically, uh, a, a biological female who is just of a bigger build? Because that's the same, that goes, because that goes, that's the same argument for them. So, like, I am born physically female, but I am larger or faster or whatever. So do do I now have to be penalized because this athlete can't do what I what I can do? If you ask Caitlyn Jenner, she's gonna say yes. Number one, Caitlyn over here also continued. Here's an example: I play golf. Seven years after my transition, I still have a big advantage over women players. I'm six foot one. I have a longer arm than the ladies, and I can outdrive them by a hundred yards. Even being off testosterone and on estrogen for seven years now, what I've got left over is still more than they've ever had, so it wouldn't be fair. She then continued and said, I'd feel bad taking a trophy away from one of the ladies at our club who really deserve it. But what pisses me off is, that's great. You could have stopped there because you're speaking for yourself. Then she continues on to talk about and question Thomas, saying, can be happy beating other girls under these circumstances. These circumstances? Well, I, I just want to go back to her being six foot one and a golfer, okay? Because M- Michelle Wee West is six is a biological woman, and she's six foot tall. And she's ranked in golf. And then... Uh, Carol Mann was 6'3", and she's a biological woman. So what negates their ability? Your argument doesn't doesn't hold water. That's a great question. And it doesn't mean... First of all, two other things. One, what also pissed me off is her last quote saying, you have to have a sense of personal responsibility. You can still enjoy sports but not play at a competitive level, right? No, bitch. The whole purpose of sports is to win, and I'm going to be competitive, and why wouldn't I play at a competitive level? That's me. Number two, what also pissed me off with this heifer is that she has the nerve to sit here and say all of this bullshit without recognizing and, and being transparent that Thomas was was in a meet back in, tw- in early 2022 and placed sixth. So it doesn't mean that you are guaranteed going to win. It doesn't mean that you are the best of the best. And thirdly, men are not better than women. I'm sick of this narrative. Like, stop being in this machismo mindset of, like, men are going to... There are so... Let me be clear. You can put... What's her name? Miss Serena Williams? Put her against any of those Italian people. She gonna bust them asses up. Period. That doesn't even matter. Let me... Let me I'm gonna tell you why women are better than men. First and foremost, any woman that is competing in competitive sports at any given time, depending on when the meet is, could be competing during their cycle. Let me, I I dare you to give a man menstrual pain during any kind of competition that he's trying to compete in. Wouldn't even be able to do it. He'd be under the bed. I mean, you said it, not me. Also... I, again, this family, when they hit, they just hit so wrong. Let me go to her daughter or her stepdaughter. I'm not quite sure if they're... I know they haven't talked since transitioning, but let's see. Um, I'm going to play a 21-second 21, a 21 clip. I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. You That's have to, so true. You have to surround yeah. yourself with oh. people that want to work. 
have a good work environment where everyone loves what they do because you have one life. No toxic work environments and show up and do the work. Yeah. Okay, great. Because I'm, I'm just playing yeah. with the sound, but I want to make sure you hear yeah. it. <clears throat> I have the best advice for women in business. Get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. You have, to, so true. you have to surround yourself with people that want to work. Have a good work environment where everyone loves what they do because you have one life. No toxic work environments and show up and do the work. I have the best advice for women. Did you hear all that? Yes. Okay, hold on. Let me let me switch it back, please. Yes. Hold. So his daughter. Damn it! I said it again. Her daughter, Kim Kardashian, uh, broke the internet today. I'm gonna play the clip at some point in this place. Uh, I just want to repeat the sentences before I go into a tirade. She said, "I have the best advice for women in business: get your fucking ass up and work. It seems like nobody wants to work these days." Now, Courtney's dumbass, which was sitting next to her, chimes in. That's so true. Again, bitch, where you been? You. So this is my issue that I have with this. Who was this to? Because obviously this was in Variety magazine. Um, my issue, I have several. I don't even know where to begin with my issues. You grew up in Beverly Hills. Your father was a top attorney who defended uh, Mr. O.J. Simpson. Uh, which got paid billions of dollars. Yes. Um, your parents were super successful. You lived in a small mansion. I'm so sorry. It was a small mansion compared to what you're living in today. Um, you went to the best schools. So how are you supposed to be relatable to the woman who's starting a cupcake business out of her home? Or the woman who's starting a Harold's daughter out of her home? Who's already getting up and doing work, going to work? Eight, you know, like, this to me felt so out of touch, unauthentic. Like privilege? Are you serious right now? Like you don't think that the that a woman? Oh, the problem is that they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The problem is that they are. They are so. They are so disjointed with what the ordinary person is doing that this sounds like good advice to them. Like I'm already working hard. I. I currently work a full-time job. I, I'm, I'm not a woman, but so I'm not her target demographic. But uh, I currently work a, a full-time job. I do the podcast on Thursdays. I um, am trying to start a small business. I am writing a book. I'm submitting essays to get published. There's not enough hours in the day. And I am still struggling paycheck to paycheck. So the the... Her just being like, get off your ass is like, bitch, I, I don't even sit down. I literally came home and sat down for five minutes and it turned into 30, 45 minutes because I was fucking tired. And, exactly. and I don't have kids. I can't even imagine someone who does this and then has also has kids and a husband. Yeah. And not to mention it's like, and, and, and it was funny too, because like, um, obviously this went viral and everybody was posting shit. Someone posted something that I had totally forgot about when it was like she was 16 and she had just got a BMW. I don't know about you. I didn't have no motherfucking BMW at 16. 
right? One of her, one of her, um, oh. her past employees, Katafino, she said she was an editor on the Kardashian apps back in 2015 in LA. She worked days and nights, could only afford groceries from the 99 cent store, called out sick more than once because I couldn't put gas in my car to get to the office, and was reprimanded for freelancing on the side, thinking that people don't want to work. People want to work. The problem is the pandemic has taught people of a, of a particular socioeconomic state that we're not going to work for bullshit anymore. Because guess what? The world kept going. Yeah, I need a livable wage. People were going to work. I was I was in retail and I was going into work every day because I had to. And then dealing with the most horrible people every day. Like I don't want to I don't want to deal with the general public for $15 an hour when that's not living in New York City. Like like if your rent is $2500 a month Fifteen dollars an hour is not going to cut it. You can't yeah. do anything. And, and with I that. do think we're somewhere at a, at a breaking point, and I want to see what actually happens because I, I do feel people woke up over these last two years of the, in the pandemic, and now we have seen a not only how the U.S. treats us, but how other c- countries treated their people. Right? Because in Canada, they were giving out twenty six hundred dollars checks every month. And you in here in the U.S., you got two checks immediately. One in the summer. So what did you do for five months while you were waiting on the government to get their shit together? And then you got another one round the ho- right before the holiday. Two checks in a whole year. How how are you supposed to survive? I mean, there everyone is making the push to yep. go back to the offices now, but uh, gas is six dollars a gallon. So who going back to the office? Well, because they know that. I saw on TikTok earlier, and he was like, "This is." This is, he was like, this is my new mode of transportation. He's like, I just put fifty dollars in my in my car. I drive an Elantra. What the, what the fuck am I going to do with that? He's like, and he pulled out a, a a suitcase with wheels on it. He's like, this is what I'm using to I'm get to work. You, and, and that's the thing, right? It's like my company is going through something similar where it's time for them to go back to office. If you don't have your vaccination, sorry to see you got to go. You know, so it's like everyone is trying to get back to like business as usual. I guess you could say, and. Not to be funny, people, business is not the same because what I'm not going to do is accept your pennies on a dollar anymore or any longer. So my last thing that I want to yell about that's in my potato salad, I don't know if you heard about this, but you seem a little frustrated. Black Panther. Yes. Black Panther, are you familiar? I am. Are you? Are you familiar with what, um, as a black man, I, and I don't want to speak for you, so did you feel a set of um, pride, uh, exuberation when you saw a black superhero on, on the big screen? I did, and it was directed by a black man. It was written by a black man. Yes. Uh, Ryan Coogler yes. did an amazing job, and he's working on the sequel, and I can't wait. Well... It may have to wait a little bit because um, Ryan Coogler has been, um, oh, Lord have mercy, where to fucking begin. He (laughs) was detained and mistaken for being a bank robber. Now, I don't know about you, but I assume Marvel pays its directors a pretty penny. Uh Uh-huh. 
you know, when you get that Disney check, you're you're pretty good. Especially how great the immersive world of Wakanda was that he really brought to life from a comic book to the screen, right? Mm-hmm. So let me give you the story for those of you who don't know. Uh, back on January 7th, uh, he handed a teller a withdrawal slip asking for $10,000, asking her to please be discreet when handling him handling his cash. Now, I, I'm going to pause for a second because I don't know if I've, I haven't worked for a bank. I, I've worked for several banks. And that's why I want to put it to you like this. I would assume, if because I know you maybe did, I don't know how long ago it was, but if someone's asking for money, let's 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 go to the extreme. Someone's robbing a bank. Do you think they're only going to ask for ten thousand dollars? Let's start there. Yes or no? No. Okay. Let, great. Number two. Let's say you get a, a slip that says ten thousand dollars on it. Please be discreet. Obviously, the account number the account number is there. Would you again? Not yes or no. Would you type that number in and see if it's an account? Maybe. I mean, if I was doing my job, yes. Okay, so I'm not losing my mind there. Hmm. So, carrying on, Mr. Mr. Kugler, I want to be clear for those of the, those people out there saying, oh, he's probably doing... He also included his ID. Now, again, going back to Tazam, who worked in a bank, he is our expert for today's case. Would a bank robber give, him, give you his ID? No. I just want to make sure I'm not... Because I'm trying to find where in this section... I, is the robber okay? So he he asked for ten k. Said, "Please be discreet. Here's my ID." Okay, check check check. And the teller received an alert notification from Mr. Kugler's account, and it quickly advised his manager that he was trying to rob the bank. And this is where we are. So long story less long. Fucking the Bank of America came out. They apologized. Say so sorry. You know, we deeply regret the incident occurred. It never should have happened. We have apologized to Mr. Cooper. So what this story tells me is that that teller didn't know what didn't know how to do their job first. Because I agree. You have mm-hmm. the bank you have the deposit or the withdrawal slip. You have the ID. You have the account number. One, look everything up. That should have been the end of your interaction right there. Now, when you when they're saying that it gave them an alert. The alert is because he was withdrawing over ten thousand dollars. You anything over ten? It's actually you can withdraw nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Fine. Once you hit that ten thousand dollar mark, it's it's a federal regulation situation. So it's because of the amount that he was withdrawing. But again, correct because IRS is going to be on that. Mm-hmm. Again, if that was yep. if that was an issue, you saw the flag. Then all you needed to do then would be, was to go to your manager and say, "Oh, he's making a withdrawal over ten thousand dollars." But they should have known that if you knew how to do your job. Preach on it. Well, now I w- right before we started recording, so I haven't had a chance to look at it. So please do your own Googles because I'm gonna do mine. Video of the police finally released. This sounds like you don't know. Your job. And I and it it frustrates me because you've then put this another black man in a situation where he could have lost his life because the body cam footage I didn't look at today. And he okay, was very calm and complacent and like followed orders and whatever. And still like the one of the officers guns came out almost immediately. Like why? He was he was in a in a bank making withdrawal. The police are called. He's complying to what you're saying. Why are you pulling your weapon? Mr. Kugler, a.k.a. Wakanda, had his own gun on his skin. I can't. 
When your skin is considered a weapon, you are never an arm. Never. Well, you know what? I'm ready to 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 move the fuck on before I get angry because I I'm sitting here waiting on my sequel to Black Panther because Surrey want to act like a goddamn fool. But again, that's for another day. So let's move right on. She ain't bring nothing. Oh, do I got some gossip for you today? Tell me about it. Yeah. We This is not going to be like that juicy, but we were sitting here talking about last week or maybe 2 weeks ago about Miss Wendy Williams. Remember her? Yeah. And remember how I was telling you um that Nick Cannon had his own show because he was on the show, did really great. They were like, "Oh my god, you should get your own show, blase blase blah, right?" Uh-huh. Well, quiet as it's kept, there's a rumor that the Nick Cannon show will soon be off the air. I mean, I didn't think that that was going to last. So it lasted just six months. So he didn't even make it to syndication. No, I think the problem was, so in 2020, just to kind of give a backstory for those who didn't know, in 2020, Nick really impressed producers with his gift for Gab when he filled in for Wendy Williams during her long absence due to her quote-unquote health, which landed him this his own show. Now, unfortunately for Nick, the show reportedly ranks one of the lowest rated single host daytime syndicated shows this season, and it's averaging about 0.4 in household rating. So did you hear that? That's 0.4. Well, I mean, you can't you can't compete. You can't compete with Kelly Clarkson. Try again. So now the the now according to the the um I think it was deadline or something, they were saying that his audience numbers are picking up to, to just about four hundred thousand viewers. But it's still not enough because Wendy's show previously was doing 600,000. Now, some of the people are saying that one of the reasons is because Wendy's William was like the anchor to go after. He comes on right after her. So they would have had Wendy's, you know, groupies, if you will, continuing watching daytime television into his show. But since she's been absent and now that they know that Wendy isn't coming back and they've announced, I think you said Sherry Shepard, like... He was really relying on Wendy to give his show the huge lead-in. And since her show's been gone, guess what? So is the audience that goes along with it. So I just wanted to kind of see, did you know who is going to probably replace him? You will never guess. Who? I'm telling you, you will never guess. I'm going to tell you this. I'll give you three three guesses. All right, give give me a hint. She's been... On a singing competition show. Nicole Scherzinger. She has also been in a Oscar nominated film. I know. I was like, I don't know if that, that clue would have gave it away to you. Jennifer Hudson? Yes. I know. See, I knew that was going to be too easy Jennifer if I gave Hudson? you. Jennifer, it's, it's going to be called the Jennifer Hudson Show. It's been purchased by Fox um, and it's supposed to be running in Nick's spot. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to read the press release because I want to see if you're getting the great vibes that they think they're giving us. Daytime has found its dream girl. Oh, my God. We are excited to bring Jennifer Hudson to Fox, Hearst, and all of our broadcast partners this fall. Derek Decker, executive, blah, 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 blah. Right? He said, Warner Brothers stands at the cornerstone between A-list talent and top-tier stations, building successful brands. 
As the syndication business continues to go through a major sea change, we need power players to re-energize talk shows, and Jennifer Hudson is just that. Is she, though? Not to be shady. Have you seen her talk in your life? Now, the bitch can sing. She can sing the house doll. Now, she's going to yell at you half the time, but she can sing. I don't do oohs and ahs. I mean, she's uh, she is entertaining in like talking to other performers. But if that's not going to, if she's going to just be talking to random people and other celebrities, I don't know if I really want to watch that. Her, you don't want her to interview other celebrities? Why not? No, what I'm saying is that the show is going to, is going to be her interviewing a plethora of different celebrities from different genres. But I like her banter on the voice was great, but I don't know if, She's. I don't know if I want to hear her talk to just. I don't know if I want to hear her interview Brad, Brad Pitt or Mala Nunn or authors or anchors or athletes. Well, let me ask you this: how do, how did you feel about Kelly Clarkson before she got her show? Kelly was also on The Voice, so what gave her that oomph to, for you, or was it just because you were such a fan of her music? I think it's a, it was. A part of it that I was such a fan of her music, but Kelly just has a bubbly personality, and she and she is a talker in general. Like a lot of times, she probably should just shut up because mm. she she does go on a lot. Yeah. But I think it's I, I think it's part of her charm because she's like a southern girl. So I I don't know. I'd have to see. I just reserve the right to judge it. My question is: Is she going to be doing the, the theme song? That's what I want to know. She's going to be yelling at me every time I turn it on. When it's nine o'clock and her show starts. <laughs> well, I mean, Kelly does sing every episode. I don't know if it's on air, but like she sings karaoke like to her audience. Like she sings every day. Well, I think this is the interesting thing, right? Because so it, it kind of draws me to another question that I have for you based on this is because they were talking about how like syndication is not what it is anymore. And I'm also thinking about millennials again, because I feel like they're just, I feel like the old man in, in the group here, but Nobody's watching TV anymore. I almost, not that we need any competition, but I think podcasts are the future. Like she, like think about it. You can listen to it on the go, You especially if people are quote unquote returning to office, right? Or getting back to commuting or doing the things that they normally did before the pandemic, right? No one, most people, millennials are cutting the cord. So no one has DVR like we used to back in the day. Like I remember we used to DVR when we lived together. Shit from like all the award shows. We would be sitting there watching shit that, that aired 18 months ago. But look, it's on my DVR. It's there. Get out of here. That was before like YouTube became prevalent and things like that. And I don't know. And I'm trying to think recently because there's also rumors that The Real is also getting chopped soon because of ratings. Who's, who's watching The Real? I don't know of clips of shows. The conversion from a clip to watching the full show. I don't think that conversion is there. No, it's not. Like, I mean, I love, I love Kelly myself, right. Kelly Clarkson. Right. Um, but I also don't pay for a Hulu, a Hulu Live subscription, so I don't get like the the regular channel. So I don't watch her live, and I don't watch her on Hulu because I'm not paying sixty dollars for that shit. No, thank you. Um, but I watch all the clips of her show on YouTube, so the conversion is not there, and I love her. Like when I had. You know that I would watch it live and I would watch it later, but I just see the highlights and then I keep it moving. Yeah, so I, it'll be interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm sure her, I'm sure her YouTube analytics, analytics are great. 
Right, but but I mean, how do you take that back to sponsors, right? Thinking about like I'm paying most of the people. Like if we think about TV, you're paying for that experience on on H. Uh, excuse me, what uh, what are the fucking Fox? I was like, what are the the TV channels, right? You're paying for that that exposure on Fox because I don't even watch TV either. Like channel names, I'm like, what's the name of the show? Let me see if I like it, and we go from there. There is no loyalty anymore because nothing's on on tv like i mean you're watching that one show that you're obsessed with right now but um which i still have to watch at some point um but like the the content isn't even there right because like i used to be obsessed with Grey's anatomy and now i'm just like what is this shit what is going on don't get me started please you want me to get angry again that's what you want me you want me to get i'm trying to be just i'm trying to be zen did you watch the last episode? No, because no, I will watch it at some point. You'll be mad. You'll be mad. Listen, listen. You'll be mad. It yeah. is not Shondaland anymore. It still has Shondaland on it, but it is not Shondaland. That's it's just her name. It's just yeah. It's just her check. That's it. So she should have been like Tina and been like, I, I, you can keep everything, but I want my name. <laughs> that was f- fulfilling. Let me tell you, it was a little light on the on the um the sides, but it was fulfilling. Let me tell you. I just need a little something sweet. I got myself a little candy tonight. Well, uh, my something sweet this week is a little bit self-indulgent because I am very happy with myself because... Oh, come on. Give yourself some kudos, bitch. Well, I, you know, I'm older. I'm in my 40s, like I said. And, you know, Mm. they always say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks but that is not the case because in my personal life when i'm not working i have i've mentioned this before i'm a i'm a big nerd i love D &D rpgs i love uh that's dungeons and dragons for those who don't know rpgs role-playing games so i play in a game i dm a game myself so i'm running a game myself and i you know with the pandemic where no one's in person so we're all remote we're all over the internet and so we're playing on a system called roll 20 and i took it upon myself to learn how to uh use apis and install macros to make the the ease of gameplay easier and so i spent all of last weekend this week and i ran my game last night and it was great it i was able to show like visual effects for like attacks on screen and the players really loved it i've in, incorporated a voice changer so like when people uh when they meet different people they the voices are different because i'm not i'm not an actor and and i'm not a, definitely not a voice actor so i'm not great at accents but this like is more it's it immerses my the players more and so with like the macros that I used, it was like they were able to get through the game uh, easier and quicker, and like, the combat was great. And you know, I learned that I can sit down and learn new things and things that are like technical because I'm not a tech person at all. Um, but you know, I was able to gotcha. implement these systems, and I and loved it, and it was great. That's amazing. I mean, I think everyone should take a moment and just think about what you can learn. What did you learn today, right? Like, and just 
sometimes it's little something. I was talking with one of my friends about uh, uh, her family going traveling, and she was saying her mom, uh, obviously the pandemic, you know, as I like to call it, or the panorama, uh, caused her like her and her father, her mother and her father have been wanting to travel for I don't know how long, but they kept putting it off. The pandemic came. Her grandfather passed away, and so her dad is like, I don't give a fuck. If Italy falls in the water, I'm going to Europe like next month, like literally in, in April. And she said her mom has been doing Duolingo for the last, oh God, she said for like probably right in the middle of the pandemic and has does a little bit every day. And she taught herself Italian. Yeah, I was like, that is the language. Right? <laughs> Italy. Uh, she taught herself Italian. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, so you never know, but I think it it goes back to you putting your mind to it i know that mind to it and getting to it you know i think that's what it boils down to so i'm excited to see what you're gonna do next bitch all right I am too but i'm a, speaking of what you're gonna do next i'm I, my first little something sweet is is a slight to you to hopefully get you motivated uh <clears throat> miss yari shahidi uh-huh. from blackish aka grownish some college degrees because we've been to college require you to pitch a presentation uh, maybe present a thesis that you've kind of been working on for your alum. Well, Miss Yara Shahidi had a buckled down, really get into the weeds, very be you know tedious work on putting and getting her project. I want to give you this tea, some competition for your book. Weighing in at 32,508 words, 136 pages, is this thesis writer, Yara Shahidi, who has now completed her requirements for her Harvard University degree. You better wear it. So I just always want to take a, I always just want to take a moment to be like, do the damn thing, right? Like, I love... I, she's someone that I always keep my eye on because she is an advocate, and I don't want I I I I think about like her. I think it was I forgot what movie I can remember when she was a kid, kid, kid. Like maybe four, five, six. Like I want to say Keely and the Bee, but I know it's not that movie. But a movie like that, that where she was just like in the background, but like a, a kid. And to know, like every time I hear her speak, she speaks about black community and really lifting us up and how to get over the oppression and how to break down systemic racism and like breaking down the system. And I'm like, beast. And what I love about her too is you can't tell her to shut up and dribble like you would, you know, you can't tell her just shut up and act because guess what, boo-boo? She has the money of her own, which gives her the power to be her own person. And so I just wanted to obviously just give my hats off, my rider cap. I ain't got one, but if I had one, you know, off to her because I know that's a lot of fucking hard work. And I can't wait to see, you know, she's going to graduate obviously in May of, you know, class of 2022. But I can't wait to see what she does next because. I mean, that goes. She's, she's just amazing. A, she, I she's just a beautiful love mind. her. Hate her character. Love her. Person. <laughs> um, but it just seems like also like Marseille Martin is doing her thing as well. Yeah, same. Like same. Black Girl Magic is just just same. do it, just do it. Um, 
But yeah, I love that. I yeah. love it. I can't wait to see what happens next. I just saw the most recent episode of Grownish actually this week, and I hate her character. I hate it. But I love Yara. How many do I love? Hate? I love Yara. I hate Zelda. All right, thank you. Now the other bit of thing that made me smile this week to end on is since we've talked about it a couple of times this 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 year is Abbott Elementary. If you're not aware, Abbott Elementary is a freshman sitcom on, uh, I think, ABC. Yes, right? ABC. I know it's on Hulu. Again, I don't don't ask me what station. I just watch it on Hulu, child. Check your local shit. Well, according to what I'm hearing, um, they're becoming the first entertainment brand. They're partnering with Scholastics. If you remember Scholastics, if you were ever a kid, uh, and like they are going to provide underfunded schools with a free book fair. I love that. Uh, These book fairs are taking place uh, at seven Title I schools between March 14th and 18th. Each student will receive two free books, and each teacher will receive 10. Participating schools included, obviously, Philadelphia's Heritage Elementary, which uh, Abbott Elementary is based on, which is where her mom uh, taught at, as well as a few others. Uh, There's also one in Erie, Pennsylvania, Chicago, uh, Dayton, Bluff Elementary in Minneapolis, Freeman Elementary in Flint, Michigan, and Cort- uh, Cortada Elementary in Florence, Griffin uh, Joyner Elementary, both in Los Angeles. So um, I just think I, I get goosebumps as I'm talking about this because it's just something that you know how I feel about when it comes to the kids, and I don't know why I'm getting choked up. Please excuse me. But I just am so proud of everything that she's doing, not only in the show, but just like what she's doing to have really helped the community and make a difference, you know? I just, the only question that I have is I don't understand what ABC is doing because they are like bypassing like their numbers and they're getting all this publicity and they still haven't been renewed yet. That's okay. Cause someone else will take her. Well, that's it for this week, child. Oh, I hope you feel stuffed and have enough on your plate, child. I mean, I'm just, I'm ready. I am ready to go. Cause, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> But also, they need I don't to, know where you got to go, Goat. You got to get out of here. Also, they need to um, <laughs> go ahead and renew Abbott Elementary because they, we need a season two. Well, thank y'all for joining us for another episode of Come to the Cookout. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Come to the Cookout. If you have any questions, you can email us at come to the cookout at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tizom Van Cleef. That's T I Z O M V A N C L I E F. How about you, Brooklyn? And you can find me on all socials at Brooklyn, like the city, Gabbana, like the designer. You are always invited to our cookout. Now y'all come back now, you hear?